didn't realize until I just looked at the calendar, uh, you know, programming notes. Fat Tuesday. <clears throat> next Tuesday. Yeah, punch keys. All of that. Uh, next Tuesday. Uh, then you go into Lent, of course, for those of you that do such things. Uh, just a quick note for you. It's also Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Day, if you will, in Ireland. Uh, all right. So uh, a lot of discussions recently over travel bans. Several countries added to the president's travel bans. And, um, of course, every time this goes on, those on the left, the critics of the president, scream racism. He's an Ala- uh, Islamophobia. All these sorts of things, right? Of course, the idea that maybe these countries don't have a proper way to vet the people coming out of their country and have a proper background check, that could weigh in, of course. My next guest, Dr. George Farag, he is a, an expert on U.S. immigration, non-immigration visa policy. He served as a diplomat and consular officer at high-risk American embassies, including Iraq and Lebanon, and decided on thousands of visa applications. Uh, doctor, welcome to the program. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me on. It's good to talk to you. Uh, good to have you here. And um, uh, let's talk about this a little bit. You say um, that Trump's travel bans are a diplomatic tool, not a racial weapon. Please explain. Right. Well, from my perspective, travel bans are diplomatic tools used to pursue foreign policy objectives. They have been described as lacking any clear policy goals beyond racism and bigotry, but I disagree with that. And that type of rhetoric is obscuring, I think, a complex reality. Let's look at the facts on the ground and how different travel bans are being used in different countries. All right. In Syria, for example, we have, uh, unfriendly, we have an unfriendly government. And as you know, the country has been ravaged by civil war for the past uh, eight-plus years. In addition to that, you have terrorists in, 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 in Syria, not to mention ISIS. There's no mechanism for the exchange of security information between Syria and the United States, which I think is pretty clear. So, so, so no, hold on one second. Here's what I want to understand. Because I, I, I think that you're exactly right. Obviously, if you have a warring nation that's in a civil war, how do you know if this guy is this guy or some other guy or some guy you don't know at all? It's very difficult to determine those things because of the, you know, the absence of uh, information you can trust. Fair. But my question to you is this. Why is this put forth by the left as some sort of a racist attack? And, and why do they attack the president? What is the goal? What is the aim of the left? They don't want people that are dangerous in our country, do they? I hope not. And I don't think that's the case. Um, but I, I would imagine that using the rhetoric as, you know, this is racist uh, is, is, is easier. It's something that, you know, more people can understand. When you start placing it into the, 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 the framework of foreign policy, uh, it becomes a bit more complex and something that people might not be uh, willing to, 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 to listen to more fully. I mean, Nigeria is another example. Nigeria, the rhetoric is that this is simply a racial uh, travel ban uh, used to keep America whiter. And it's just not the case. Nigeria is an ally to the United States and a major trade partner. But we have uh, a foreign policy goal in Nigeria against Boko Haram. Well, I think, so and, and Nigeria, I think, I think, doctor, hold on, doctor. I think it, if we look at the actual yes. numbers and use the math, Dr. George uh, Fareg here, is, is that if you look at the actual numbers of legal immigrants in the United States, that would dispel this idea that we only want white immigrants in America. You look at the number of people coming here and what their background is in the countries that they're coming from. I think that would dispel that completely, would it not? Oh, it's, it's simply not true. Right. That's my point. Uh, our major 
the, the major countries that are sending uh, immigrants to America, and I myself am an immigrant to America, are not countries that would be considered, you know, the, the white in terms of that. Right. That's my point. Whether it's uh, Central or South America, from south of our border. South we Asia. Get, uh, south Asia. Yeah, you get the majority of your uh, legal immigrants are coming from these places. Where did you come uh, to the United States from? I, my family and I came to, to the United States from Egypt. And tell me about, do you remember that process? Because one of the things that I seem to get a pretty clear and consistent um, uh, take on is that people that came to this country legally are the ones that really dislike the idea of illegal aliens and illegal immigrants getting a, a pass and getting a chance to run to the front of the line. They don't like that at all. Those that went through the process, uh, filled out the forms, paid the considerable amount of money along the way. Uh, your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, America is a dream. It is a beacon all over the world. And my family and I recognize that. Uh, we, we came to America and, you know, the immigrant community that I'm in contact with don't support uh, the idea of a free pass. They don't support the idea of protecting illegal immigrants who've committed crimes and are being protected in sanctuary cities. So we want a strong America. We want an America that, uh, that is flourishing let me and ask you that, doctor. Everybody gets their fair shot. This is really important because you touched on something really important. Uh, and that is if you or your parents or anybody in your family, when you were coming legally from Egypt to emigrate to the United States, if somebody in that group had a criminal background, a felony, would you have been allowed in? If it's a, uh, if it's a felony that this would disqualify you from immigration, no. You okay. would not be let in. Right. You're not allowed in. That's my point. And yet no. you've got people like Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren saying felonies are not disqualifiers. Uh, we can have them stay anyway. It's absolutely insane, isn't it? Well, it's it's unfortunate that the conversation has come to this. Again, we want folks in the United States who care about the country that who want to do the right thing and want to make the country stronger. Right. So tell me, um, you've written a book as well uh, on this topic, and you obviously have a, a background in it. In a, well, you have a stake in it. Uh, and you understand it better than most. Tell us about your book. Well, the book is called Pro-American Immigration, Common Ground in Our Immigration Policy. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to identify for an American audience how people legally come to America, what are the gaps in our legal immigration policy, and what we can do as Americans to help fix those gaps. Again, you know, when the conversation is just so polarized between the left and the right, I'm trying to find, you know, something that the majority of us can agree on. Dr. George Farrick here with us. And, and doctor, um, give me an idea of some of the policies that are being put forth today that you think are working and maybe one that you think we should uh, look to improve. Well, I think uh, the, the policy coming up on Monday. So on Monday, Trump is issuing a new public charge rule. And I think that is something that's consistent with our law. And it's something that strengthens our public charge law. So I see that going in a, in a good direction. But at the same time, uh, I heard Representative Meng out in New York saying that she wants to do away uh, with public charge as a deportation uh, criteria. What that would basically mean is if you can't support yourself in America, that's not grounds for you to We'll pay your way. Yeah, but, we'll pay your way, which is absolutely insane. I mean, the, the idea, that goes back for a couple of hundred years. And that's true of other countries as well, isn't it? I'll give you the last word on that. It's, it's against our current law. I'll just, you know, our current law says for you to come to America, you need to demonstrate that you can support yourself or to have a sponsor who can do that for you. So there's many opportunities 
to just do away with that is is is, is contrary to our current law. There you go. Well, Doctor, I, I wish you well on the book. Uh, Pro-American Immigration, Common Ground, and Our Immigration Strategy. You've been through it. Your family's been through it. You understand it, and you have good insight and a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, sir, and have a good day. Dr. George Farrick, everybody here on the program, bringing you a common sense and insight. It's what we try to do for you here. Uh, quick break. It's 41 after on a Friday. And, and did you miss it? Fat Tuesday next week. And then, and then it's Ash Wednesday, and then it's on into Lent. I'm not Catholic, but I do give something up every year. But I don't give up on you, and I never give up on America. It's the Steve Gruber Show. What would you do if you walked into a store and found that nothing had a price tag on it? Would you just blindly hand over your credit card and hope for the best? I don't think you would. And yet that's pretty much what you're doing with your retirement accounts. Hey, it's Steve Gruber. You see, the companies that manage your accounts are charging you fees. They subtract those fees from your account balance, and you probably didn't even realize it. But over the life of those accounts, that can mean tens of thousands of dollars being moved out of your account and into theirs. So what can you do about it? You can call Bruce Van Hall and Michael Douglas at 517-323-7526 for what they call a GPS meeting. They'll see where you are and show you how much you're losing. There's no charge. This is just one of the complimentary services Bruce and Michael offer WJIM listeners. So call Call today, 517-323-7526 to schedule your GPS meeting or visit MyLifePlanFinancial.com. That's MyLifePlanFinancial.com. Steve Gruber was compensated for this ad. Life Plan Financial Design, Inc. is a financial services firm that offers a broad array of products and services, including insurance and annuities. Licensed in Michigan. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.